From the heartland of America, focused on God, family, and country, the mouthpiece of the Midwest, this is Dale Carter's America. And we are back in studio this week with Dale Carter's America, the uh, podcast. And if you're watching, as you should be on YouTube or Rumble, uh, you won't get this on the, the audio only, but I'm wearing my Mizzou hoodie today, Kurt, to celebrate the fact that the Missouri Tigers are now ranked 16th in the country. Very nice, very yeah. nice. And Jennifer's very happy about oh, that. Oh, she's very happy about that. <laughs> of course, now she's going to go on suicide watch because well, they, they have the bye this week, but uh, they have to go down to uh, Georgia and play number one Georgia. Yikes. So that's definitely a reality. I mean, if they, like you said, what if they win? It's like if they win, oh my God, <laughs> that's going to be incredible. Uh, we'll see. Uh, so we welcome you in. Uh, we're glad to have you with us. Our podcast continues to grow, and we thank Bob Watson, who is one of the uh, first sponsors of this podcast. He is my uh, State Farm agent, and I will gladly share him with you. He's a wonderful guy, has a great team of folks in an office in Blue Springs ready to help you. So if you're ready to get a, an insurance checkup, uh, get rates checked and all that good stuff, call Bob and his team. They're at 7th and Main in Blue Springs on the phone at 816-229-7878. But geography is not an issue. We live in the age now where geography doesn't mean a whole lot. Uh, he's licensed in both Missouri and Kansas, and he can take care of you with surprisingly great rates. 816-229-7878. Get a quote. Auto home life, commercial insurance as well, Bob Watson, State Farm Insurance. In fact, Bob was with us at Funhouse Pizza when we did the uh, podcast event where we were talking about, you know, we call it Truman County, but it's more about let's just leave. Let's just take the eastern suburbs and leave. And, and I got a feeling, Kurt, that pretty much everybody in that crowd there at Funhouse Pizza agreed with us. Yeah, definitely. And it was a good crowd, too. I'm going to pull up the picture that I posted, but um, I'd say there's probably 50, 60 people there at least. Jim Dingman at Funhouse Pizza, a great host for this, and he, of course, is one of our um, uh, sponsors as well. 50 Highway in Lee. Somebody said, you better bring some people in here because I've turned down some soccer parties for this deal. <laughs> uh, so I think we definitely took care of his soccer party issue. Uh, he's also in Blue Springs at uh, 7th and uh, 7 Highway, south of 40 Highway. Uh, you can find Funhouse Pizza. Great place to gather. Uh, if you've got a team banquet or something or a birthday party, anything else that you're celebrating, and all the rides there. It's just a fun environment. Take the entire family there to uh, Funhouse Pizza. But for me, it, it kind of, and not that I'm this old, but it felt like what it must have been like in America, in colonial America in the 1770s, because you had people gathered at pubs, and really Funhouse Pizza has adult beverages, so we could call it a pub, and, and you're kind of gathered there, and you're bitching and moaning about what's going on, the uh, the, you know, the government far away over in London is like taxing us for this and taxing us for that. Well, the government that we're bitching about isn't quite as far away as London. It's it's in Kansas City. And, you know, the, we have an option. And that's what, what Jeff Coleman and I want you to know is we have an option. So we have a bunch of people who are ready, almost like an army of people ready to get something done. I'm waiting on Jeff Coleman. Uh, he's waiting on the research department uh, down in Jefferson City at the Capitol. And what we're trying to get done is is the petition language. It's got to be right. It's a low bar. We only need 100 signatures of registered voters in Jackson County uh, that we can present to the legislature. Sean Smith was there uh, as well. He is on the Jackson County legislature. And, and he kind of feels like, 
you know, maybe there's going to be some sentiment on both sides that this might be okay to put on the ballot. There are people, believe it or not, there are people in Kansas City who would just love to see us leave, right? Yeah. That way they can do whatever the hell they want, right? They can continue to let crime run rampant and not prosecute it because that's the woke world they live in. You know, if we ever get a COVID thing, God forbid, you know, they've got their health department ready to shut down the entire town. So if that's what they want to do, go with God and do that. Um, we're going to be held hostage by the, the uh, sports commission on the stadium deal, and that's going to come to about a billion dollars from taxpayers. So if we had our own county and we weren't part of it anymore, we wouldn't have to pay that bill. That's See, right. So many great things that could come out of this. So it felt like the 1770s. It was good to be with everybody, and uh, thank you all for coming. And I'll let you know. Trust me. It'll be all over our Facebook page. I'm going to reach out to everybody who signed up to be a part of this, and we're going to send you out with petitions, and we're going to see what we get back uh, so that we can present it to the legislature and move the ball forward on a new county. It hasn't been done in Missouri since 1876. It almost feels like a revolutionary moment, and I think we can get it done through uh, Dale Carter's America, the podcast. Um, I was I saw on Inside Radio today, this is an interesting thing. Podca podcast consumption is growing. 42% of Americans now, Kurt, listen monthly to podcasts. Hmm. I mean, we're getting close to half of the country is listening to podcasts. And, you know, when we started ours, let's, let's go rewind the tape on when we started the thing. We started it coming right out of Joe Biden's inaugural address. And... I certainly didn't want to start it to uh, be a bash Biden thing. You can find that pretty much everywhere you look. But I, but I did think that that going into his administration, it was definitely going to be different than Trump, um, and it was going to be an interesting time in America. And I want to be part of that interesting time in America. And I think you'd have to agree these are interesting times. <laughs> no doubt. No and doubt. we're about to go into an election that will probably be the craziest in American history. Uh, most people, if you polled them, said they don't want to see a Trump-Biden rematch, but we're probably going to get a Trump-Biden rematch. Yep. And we'll see um, what that looks like. If Joe Biden can even make it to the finish line, I worry about him. I mean, he's an old guy, and every time we see him do anything publicly, speak publicly, it seems like it's getting worse. It's like, you know, and, and I've seen this in my family. I don't know if you've seen it in yours, but older people in my family, you see them fade. And he he's fading. He's fading. Yeah, he really is, and uh, and you're right. I mean, I, I have – Currently and and previously, people in my family that have, uh, you know, gotten older and and their their health and their memory starts to fade. It's a very sad thing, and the last thing you want to do is like shove them out into the public, you know, yeah. and put pressure on them. And it's just you would think that the people who care about him would would actually step in and say, you know, enough is enough. Let's get this guy out of here. But it's the the power and the the uh, influence and and the money, you know, coming in. I'm sure is uh, is too much to turn down. Well, I see in the queue you've got a couple of videos pulled up. One of them is Air Force One, and it shows that he goes up the baby steps on Air Force One. It's not, uh, you know, he was doing it once in a while. Now he's doing it every time because he just can't do the big steps anymore. Yeah, here we go. Uh, be careful. You can kind of see it right in the beginning of the clip there. Uh, be careful. And then he was on the plane, and... Um, I don't know what the outfit they put him in. Maybe he was coming out of his nap to talk to reporters. It looked like a Snuggie. You know what a Snuggie yeah, is? Yeah. Yeah. There's the hug. Uh, I flew all the way over. Who are you again? 
My arms are tired. Hi. I don't know who you are either, but you smell good. That's a nice, <laughs> nice cologne. Yeah. Well, this is the one that I was going to initially pull yeah. up. Yeah, and that's the one he's in a Snuggie. Yeah. Virtually every mass shooting, every circumstance where a large number of people have been victimized and lost, I spoke to them. I learned a long time ago what you've all learned in your life. Someone's going through something. That's painful. That is beyond their comprehension. If they ever thought they'd have to go through. If they see someone who they think understands or maybe been through something not the same but similar, it gives them some sense of hope. It's like I said. I mean, the the people around him, if they really cared about him, they would they would, you know, do something about this. But he's clearly just mentally you know not there i still i i just i'm not convinced he's going to be the nominee of the democrat party and if he won can you imagine where this would be a year from now two years from now three years from now i just can't it's sad and then you had uh blinken in the background too just looking like you know <laughs> yeah what the hell are we doing here yeah well, we want to thank a couple of other sponsors. Um, I, I think of MedicareSimplifiedKC.com, Kirk Doris and Lori Hocker. They were with us at the, the big event as well. And we're, we're talking about people who are approaching 65, right? When Medicare kicks in and you got to run all the traps on Medicare, these are people who are going to be on your side. Joe Biden is 80. I mean, way down the line here. We're talking about people who are just turning 65, kids in Joe Biden's world. <laughs> um, and if you're coming in on that or you've got somebody in your family who is, you know that it's a complicated mess because it comes from the government. What else would it be? Um, Medicare Simplified KC, they've run all these traps. They know exactly. They'll take a look at your situation and guide you in a way that's going to fill in the gaps. It's a maze. And Kirk and uh, Lori, they, they've done this for a long time, and they're ready to jump in there and help you as well. In fact, Medicare open enrollment is going on now through December 7th. It is a time when if you don't like what you've got, you can make some changes. And again, have a pro on your side. They won't charge you anything. They make their money off of the companies who pay them commissions. So they're not going to charge you anything. In fact, they'll even come to your home and uh, help you with it. You can find them on the web at MedicareSimplifiedKC.com or reach them at their office in Independence at 816-701-6661. And again, if you're watching this on YouTube, a rumble. Um, uh, Kurt always does a good job of uh, running through the websites there so you can get an idea of exactly what we're dealing with there. Uh, if you're 45 or older, which I would say is 100% of our podcast, well, maybe not. There are some younger people who listen, right? Some, yeah. You, for instance, yeah, yeah. you're not even 45 yet. Uh, if you're 45 <laughs> or older and you've not yet had your colonoscopy, Please get that done. We're still in October. October is a month where we talk about the various cancers that you can catch early. It started with uh, breast cancer awareness, but it is morphed out into other things as well. And colon cancer is one of those as well. And colon cancer is one of those things. If you catch it early, you can treat it and you can make it go away. If you don't catch it early, it's deadly. And Dr. Mark Taramina and his staff at Midwest GI Health and Wellness, they are ready to step in and help you. 
So um, make sure that you make that connection there. Get your colonoscopy. They do upper GIs as well. I had one of those years ago because I had an acid reflux issue. Uh, so they, they get you going down the chute and coming out the chute. And, and he does have an anal personality. So you've heard his commercials on KFK, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, 816-836-2200. That's the number to call. They're on the web at MidwestGIHealth.com. Please get your colonoscopy. And if there's somebody in your family who hasn't had theirs yet, get in their ear and say, you got to get this done. It's, it, it will save your life, literally. Okay, so we go to the latest news here. And, and what is the latest news? Israel, as we record this, has not yet invaded Gaza with a ground invasion, um, but I think they're going to. Um, the, the president's response after all of this, um, he, you, did you see his speech or hear about his speech uh, that he, he made? He gave like back? a primetime speech or something, right? Also painful. Um, my question, though, with, with uh, global warming being the existential threat to our world, according to President Biden, why all these back and forth trips? Blinken's been over there several times. Biden's over there. And it's not just him and Air Force One. It's the fighter escorts and everybody else going with him. I mean, you know, why can't they do a Zoom call? Yeah. I, I keep saying that, you know, because these hypocrites that want you to believe that it's the end of the world <laughs> as we know it, um, you know, they are the biggest polluters out there. Yeah. And in a time when Technically, you don't have to go places. You could be on a Zoom call. COVID showed us that, if nothing else. Well, I, I mean, I do think that there, there is something to being face-to-face -face with someone. You know, Zoom is, is fine, but it's not quite the same as, as actually being face-to-face. Well, we face can't hug. Face. Yeah, you, you can't sniff their hair, you know, mm. for example, if you're Joe Biden. That's very important. So, um, but seriously, you know, there, there is something to being face-to-face, -face, you know, in business, in, in making deals, you know, in, in negotiation. Um, but obviously, I say that not complaining about, you know, pollution and stuff like that, you know. And uh, I also don't have a private jet or Air Force One to fly around the globe, but that would be nice. Well, that's coming. As our podcast grows, we'll be getting yeah. a plane. Yeah, and it's going to say Dale right that's on the it. side. And we're going to fly everywhere. <laughs> I'm going to fly back and forth from Blue Springs to Westport say, yeah. on the private jet just because we can. Perfect. So, I mean, he's tying what's happening over in Israel to the Ukraine. Surely you see obvious differences between those two things. Yeah, there, there's uh, a lot of differences. There's also some similarities, probably not in the way that Biden <laughs> thinks there is. Bombs but, um, are going off. I guess that's similar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's violence between two sides. There's uh, a perceived aggressor and a perceived, you know— uh, recipient of the aggression and then of course there's the the call for american involvement uh whether it be through military support uh financial support you know we've parked aircraft carriers off the coast of uh of the middle east now you know and uh so that's the that's the big thing that they have in similar is just you know that we're trying to get dragged into it i guess you know nato came out of world war ii and it was basically with Russian aggression, the Soviets were coming into Eastern Europe, and it was going to be our line in the sand that said, if you cross this, it's World War III. Well, here we are in 2023, and I, I try and look at it from both sides, and I, and I try and put myself in Putin's shoes. Now, you know, he's a dictator and all that, and I get that, but if you put yourself in his shoes, um, what's he looking at? He's, he's looking at a world around him that's closing in on him. More countries are joining NATO. He's feeling squeezed. I mean, 
I don't even get why countries are joining NATO at this point, and why can't we just all get along? Right. No, that's totally true. I mean, the the, the uh, borders of the agreement that was made, you know, many decades ago has not been followed, particularly by the NATO side. I mean, they've they've increased the borders of NATO closer and closer to Russia, and of course, Russia is going to see that as as an act of aggression and want to, uh, you know, defend themselves. So Yeah. So, and we're giving billions and billions and billions of dollars there and not dealing with our own southern border, which is another issue altogether. So, I, I mean, I see big differences between these two, and to me it all comes back to Joe Biden and a failed foreign policy going on. But before we get to, to Joey B and all that, um, you know, there was a bombing of a, of a um, hospital in yeah. Gaza. Yeah. And instantly, it seemed, on media – there was a rush to blame Israel for it, and I—I I wasn't there. Uh, you know, I—I I thought to myself, Israel has much of the world on their side. Why would they bomb a hospital? You—you got to get back to motives and motivation and all that. Why would they bomb a hospital? What is the more likely scenario that Hamas terrorists in Gaza? making their own bombs out of whatever they can find, fired off something that went to a hospital by accident or maybe on purpose to get more of the world on their side, or that Israel, you know, that dealt with this terrorist attack from Hamas said, you know what we're going to do today? We're going to bomb a hospital. <laughs> right. We're going to kill as many innocent kids and all that as we possibly can. Do you believe that? Or do you believe that the terrorist organization that was cutting off the heads of babies might have done this? What's really, the more likely scenario? I don't really believe either, to be honest. I mean, it's so hard to tell what's going on, and the reports change, you know, almost like hourly on some of this stuff. You know, the, first it was uh, Israel sent, you know, was retaliating and they bombed a hospital, and then it was no, it was it was Hamas that bombed the hospital because the rocket, you know, didn't go where it was supposed to go or was was shitty or whatever. And then it turned out that it wasn't actually the hospital. It was sort of the parking lot, I guess, you know, outside of the hospital. And and, and I think that's another thing, too, that this has in common with the uh, Ukraine-Russia situation is we're just seeing all these videos like on Twitter and online, and we don't really have like a clear picture of what's going on. And both sides seem to be trying to position themselves to, in order to get the sympathy of the West and the sympathy of people that are online seeing what's going on. So they're, they're both kind of like manipulating information in their own way. You know, it was like there was, there was a, this report last week about 40 babies that got beheaded by Hamas in Israel. And it turned out that there was no evidence for that. It, it was basically something that somebody had, you know, a reporter had heard you know through the grapevine somebody mentioned it to her and then she reported in on the air and all of a sudden boom it's all over the internet babies beheaded babies beheaded there was never any evidence for it right. so well, it's just you, hard to tell what's going on do basically. you buy that hamas uh, made a terrorist attack against israel yeah but i i don't know i mean i i don't know exactly what happened i mean I, the the severity you know the the amount of of death um, the amount of destruction, the proportionality of the response, you know, all of that is very murky. Um, even like the thing itself, we saw the videos of the, the paragliders coming over the mm -hmm. border and that's really all that I've seen. I mean, there was, there was the video of the girl in the back of the, the, uh, truck. There was a couple other things like that, you know, all very disturbing stuff, of course, but 
it's just really hard to to know what's actually happening. Well, if I can say this without making my liberal friends who listen to this podcast maybe hateless and once in a while without making their heads explode, we didn't have a lot of these world problems when Donald Trump was president. Amen. Now, now with Joe Biden as president, you know he snuggles up to Iran, he emboldens Iran, right, and then Iran is backing Hamas and Hezbollah, and now we've got trouble in Israel. You know the whole thing with Ukraine. Vladimir Putin, I don't think, would have ever invaded Ukraine with Donald Trump as president. When, when you have weak, feckless leadership, and I hate to say that about an old man because I feel bad for him, but when you have weak, feckless leadership in Washington, D.C., the bad actors of this world feel emboldened. And we haven't even talked about China yet. Right. So I think, you know, and, and I would agree with uh, Gates, who was the defense secretary for Barack Obama, who said before Biden became president, in four decades of leadership in Washington, D.C., he's never made the right call in foreign policy. Mm -hmm. And that was a Democrat who said that. Yeah. So, I mean, here we are. Every Biden foreign policy decision has brought us to this point. And now the Iranians are, you know, they're warning of dire consequences. I don't know what their military capabilities are, but we do have a couple of carrier groups, as you said, parked in the um, eastern Mediterranean. And, and they've been shooting down things, you know, as needed that were headed for Israel. Um, you know, for me, Israel is a democracy. They're our oldest ally in the Middle East. And um, and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. That's just where I am. But you know the obvious answer. The obvious answer is a two-state solution. It's been staring us at the in the face for decades. I mean, what's the other solution? Israel's not going to leave that area. You know, the Jews are not going to leave that area, and they shouldn't. The Palestinians are in that area. If they can't coexist within one country, a two-state solution is the only answer. Yeah, that's going to be uh, hard to do. But Well, you know, yeah. in, in, as we said uh, the last time we were in the studio, uh, back in year 2000, Bill Clinton uh, got Ehud Barak and um, Yasser Arafat together at Camp David. Ehud Barak gave Arafat everything he said he wanted. And then Arafat left and said, nah, I don't think so. We're going to move on. Because they don't want a solution. The PLO does not want a solution. Hamas does not want a solution. They, they don't want a solution. And to me, and, and I, I put this clip in here because I thought it was important, and I don't know if you can find it quickly enough or not, uh, but it's from the movie Independence Day. And you saw that movie, right? Yeah. Oh, it's one just, of my favorites. Just to it. set it up, the president, you know, he's being strangled by the alien. He's seen him in Area 51 or whatever. And he's like, even after the attack, the president says to the alien, you know, is there a way that we can just, like, coexist? And when I see that clip, I, I always think of Hamas and Hezbollah as the aliens, and I think of, of the president as kind of the Israelis. And he's like, can't we just get along? Can't we coexist? And the alien basically says what the terrorists say. And if you can't find the clip, I think I can do it from Is memory. Well, that's when. The, oh, there we go. There we go. You're getting closer. You're getting warmer. Here we go. Here's the president. This is why you should be watching on video. <laughs> this is such a good movie. It's a great movie. Jeff Goldblum at his absolute finest. Release me. Open the door. Get him out of there. No, wait.
the second one kind of sucked though. Did you see the? Oh sequel? yeah, they shouldn't have made that. Yeah, happens with a lot. There's your alien. And poor Data from Star Trek The Next Generation, he's the guy being strangled right now. I know there is much we can learn from each other if we can negotiate a truce. We can find a way to coexist. Can there be a peace between us? What is it you want us to do? Die. Die. That's, that's, that's Hamas, man. That's Hamas to Israel. We don't want any peace with you. We want you to die. All of you, die. And you, you know, Golda Meir said that decades ago. You cannot negotiate with people who want to kill you. Yeah. Oh, man. Now I'm just thinking about Independence Day. <laughs> yeah. I may go home and watch that and maybe fall asleep and take a nap. Um, okay. So that's enough on that. We're following that. And again, I don't like to pile on Joe Biden, but the hits just keep coming from this administration. By the way, don't look at your 401k. It's been down, 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 down. Now we can pick on the Republicans because, you know, one of the things I don't want to be is is a podcast where it's all, it's right-wing podcast, right-wing radio. I mean, I believe in conservatism. I know you do as well. We believe in the Constitution. We spent the first, I think, five episodes of the podcast back in the day uh, explaining the Constitution to people who probably haven't even read it yet. But we have a clown show going on in Congress right now. As we record this podcast, we still don't have a speaker of the House it's to an, show how unbiased we are, I'm pulling up an NPR article. It's it's an important role. It's you know it's um, next to the vice president. You're third in line to the presidency, right? Yep. Second or third? My math is off. Basically, it goes president, vice president, speaker of the house. Yeah, yeah. And right now, the house is being run by the speaker pro tem, who really has no power. Now, part of me and probably part of you um, says, okay, well, if nothing's getting done, that's awesome. Because we're $33 trillion in debt. What the hell more do you need to do? How much more damage can you do to this country? Um, but there are things we need to do. And we need to show the country that giving us one-third of the government, you know, we're, we're doing okay. We can run this thing. We can make a difference. But you've got a very small minority of the majority that has really mucked this thing up. Um, they put McCarthy on a really short leash. He agreed that basically vacating the speaker's chair was something he would agree to on a whim, um, and the whim was exercised. And since then, we don't have a speaker. Yeah. I mean, you know, who would you? I mean, who would you vote for for speaker? Um, I don't know. Jim Jordan seems like he'd be pretty good. Uh, He's but already lost what two votes and yeah. has pulled his name. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's going to be a shit show for sure. And Even I, Matt Gates, you know, one of the guys you like, who has been stirring the pot on this, he basically said, "We support Jim Jordan. Why can't we move forward?" Yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of was the problem with with the whole thing. Not that I disagree with getting rid of McCarthy, but um, they didn't really have a plan in place to to you know get a new person in there uh, afterward. But I, I mean, I, I still think I support the move. Uh, it it was a good you know, power play for, for Gates and, and to show that there is still accountability. But the problem is, you know, we, we have accountability 
sometimes for Republicans, but we never have accountability, you know, when it's the other side. We never get rid of their people. So that's uh, that's not sustainable. Well, the net effect <laughs> of what's going on here, first of all, we don't have a Speaker of the House, and we need one to get things done, to get things moving. But down line, what this is going to look like in campaign 24, there's 435 House seats. They're up every two years. Now, there are safe districts. I mean, Emmanuel Cleaver is not going to lose in the 5th District, no matter who runs against him. That's just the way it's going to be. Mark Offords in a safe seat in District 4. Um, Sam Graves is in a safe seat in District 6. But there are purple districts out there that sway the Congress. And right now, the country is so divided that we have a very slim majority of Republicans in the House. And in purple districts, where it's a toss-up, a lot of the time, and I'm thinking of the Kansas 3rd District right now, the Overland Park area, yeah. that's gone back and forth, Democrat and Republican. In those districts, the Democrats, basically the Republicans are writing the ads for them. Those congressional candidates are going to say, these people would fuck up a two-car funeral. I mean, they can't say that. I can because it's the podcast. But they're going to say something to that extent. And it may well flip enough House seats that the Democrats will take over again in the House. Yeah, I mean, that, they'll certainly use that in their campaign ads. I, Why I, wouldn't it? We would if the shoe were on the other foot. Yeah, 100%. 100% they would. Uh, Republicans would. But, I mean, it, I wonder how much do people like the American public really care about the procedural stuff, you know, I mean, it, they don't, they're stupid and they've got the attention span of a gnat, but what they do is watch television and listen to the radio and right. hear those 30 second ads and what they're, and again, my theory, the reason we have Joe Biden right now is because the American public has the attention span of a gnat and didn't look at their 401k, didn't look at interest rates, didn't look at peace in the world, relatively speaking, and said, man, that Trump's a meanie. He's a meanie. Right. And here's this nice old grandpa, Joe Biden. Right. But will, will the messaging in particular, like, is Democrats saying, well, look at these Republicans. They can't even elect a Speaker of the House. Is that really more effective than, you know, calling us racists or saying that, you know, we we don't support women's don't right know. to choose or whatever like that? I mean, I, that that emotional issue oriented stuff seems to be more right. of a driving factor for a lot of low information voters than like if you just say, oh, well, they can't even elect, you know, a speaker of the House. They can't even do this procedural thing in the House of Representatives yeah. that nobody gives a shit about. It's just like, okay, whatever. All I'm saying is, and it's it's a grab bag and everything you just mentioned will be in those ads as well. I'm just saying this doesn't help. Yeah. Uh, this certainly does not help. So hopefully they'll get their shit together and we can move on to the important things of the country and show that, you know, if you've given us this one branch here, half of the of the legislative branch, that we can run it, we can be effective. So let's see where that goes. And Mark Alford would be my vote for Speaker of the House. Go get him, Mark. Yeah, nice. Go get him, Mark. That might be like the quickest uh, ascension to Speaker of the House ever. For being elected into, we're in the historic house. times. Yeah, man. let's do it. We're we're talking about leaving a county, man. We're blowing things up, and you know we, we we've got an election that's coming up that's just going to be. I'm telling you what, you want a front row seat for it, and we're going to have it for you on the podcast. If your roof is leaking, you need my friend Austin Watterson and Royal Roofing and Solar. They're ready to help you at 816-540-7057. They replace the roof at my house. They're ready to help you. And, you know, when we get damaging storms that come through the Kansas City area, you always get the fly-by-night people 
don't go with the fly-by-night people. I did that the first time. Back in 2005, 2006, when I replaced my roof, it was a fly-by-night company. They dropped a hatchet through my roof, and, and that ceiling was never right again. And then they went away, and nobody ever heard from them again. Um, so I went with Austin Watterson because his company, family-owned in Cass County for a long time, and they're doing a great job. And they, they did a great job on my roof. And you know what? I know him, and if I've got any problems with it, which I don't, I know who to call. And if you're ready to turn your house into its own power generation unit, uh, Mike Dale at Austin um, or at Royal Roofing and Solar is ready to help you. Mike Dale, a good guy. Um, they've got tax credits, grants for small rural business and ag producers, and uh, there may be a way to tie that solar into the new roof and make it very cost-effective for you. You won't know until you call 816-540-7057. And, you know, when we are at the podcast at um, – at Funhouse Pizza, we were talking about Clay Como Shooters. And I said, how many of you folks have been to Clay Como Shooters? And we got a lot of hands. Yeah, like probably a third of the crowd, honestly. I'm telling you. ClayComoShooters.com. You want to exercise your Second Amendment? Do it responsibly. Uh, get the training that you need. It is not as simple as going out and buying a gun and saying, okay, I'm going to defend my turf. You need to be trained, and, and they train law enforcement so they know what they're doing. They're former law enforcement. Get whatever you want. They've got a complete selection, pistols, rifles, ammo, accessories, but come train with them. Clay Como Shooters, they've got a great indoor range. Um, they're right there off of, it's between I-35 and 435, right along 69 Highway, the main drag in Clay Como. Uh, just shop firearms and, and get all the, the things that you need. They'll uh, get you signed up with a membership so that you can continue your training because it's not something you want to cease and say, okay, I'm trained, I'm ready to go. Training is an ongoing process, and Clay Como Shooters will help you get that done. We're proud to have them with us on this podcast. So the, the, the last section here that I put in here, and I've been giving this a lot of thought, so you may have to go with me on this a little bit, but, but I've titled this section, Are We God? Are we God? Are we the most important thing that's ever happened to this planet? I would argue we're not. No, of course not. We're a fly speck in history. Now, I'm not a math major. I've told you that many times. But I know that 5 billion is a big number, right? In terms of years, it's a long time. Yeah. 5 billion years old. That's how old this planet is, okay? And, you know, we get hand-wringing on the left all the time when there are species that go extinct. And I saw a story on this a couple of weeks ago that uh, there are a number of species in Hawaii, for instance, that have gone from endangered to extinct. Well, how many species have gone extinct in the five billion year history of this planet? You know, uh, there's been life on the planet for nearly 4 billion of those years. Remember, for the first billion, we were probably just a hunk of rock, and it was on fire, nothing would grow here. But life, all the way back to the cell level, has been around for 4 billion years. Now, billion is different than million. You get that, right? Mm -hmm. Humans first appeared maybe 6 million years ago. All right? Maybe 6 million years ago. So there's been a lot of time that has gone through, a lot of time that has passed. So do we control the climate? Are we the biggest threat to this planet? I, I would say, and there's a George Carlin bit on this, and I play it on KFKF once in a while, uh, and he talks about save the planet, save the whales, save the blah, blah, blah. And, and his conclusion is 
the planet's going to be fine. We, as a speck in history, might not make it. Now, are we smart enough to deal with you know a, a degree temperature change on the planet? I think we are. I, th- I think we are smart enough to figure it out. You got the George Carlin bit pulled up. That's one of my favorite George Carlin bits. People walking around all day long, every minute of the day, worried about everything. Worried about the air, worried about the water, worried about the soil. Worried about insecticides, pesticides, food additives, carcinogens. Worried about radon gas, worried about asbestos. Worried about saving endangered species. Let me tell you about endangered species, all right? Saving endangered species is just one more arrogant attempt by humans to control nature. It's arrogant meddling. It's what got us in trouble in the first place. Doesn't anybody understand that? Interfering with nature. Oh, we're not going to play it. It's eight minutes long. But yeah, it's, it's a long time, but you get the idea. Right. So, so let, let's think about this. Take it to its logical conclusion, okay? Biden wants everybody driving an electric car. Okay. Never mind the fact that when you plug in your electric car, you're plugging it into a coal-based grid that won't sustain your car being plugged in because if everybody has a plug-in car, our shaky grid's going to fail anyway. But let's say that he's right, and all of a sudden we change the temperature on the planet. What if we go too far? What if we trigger an ice age? Mm-hmm. He's worried about everything getting too hot. What if we as humans, because we control everything, what if we make it too cold? And what exactly are we shooting for? Is there a worldwide Goldilocks temperature that we think arrogantly as humans that we can control? I think they would probably say that there is. I mean, they, they literally use that that phrase. The, the Goldilocks thing mainly refers to like other planets, but they do use that phrase specifically. So, And certainly like the, the Bill Gateses of the world you know, have this kind of uh, morality, like superiority complex, where they think that they can just pull the the levers, you know, and and change nature in, in such a way that is just uh, absurd, arrogant. Yeah, arrogant. It's just so arrogant. You know, wh- what we should be doing is living our lives to the best of our ability, creating an economy that sustains us at a level at which we, you know, have become accustomed, right? Um, and doing it in a smart way moving forward. And if there are better ways to do it, I think there are better ways to do it. In the last 100 years, do you think our environment is cleaner than it was 100 years ago when we were spewing anything up into the air that that we wanted to? Yeah, 100%. Look at pictures from 100 years ago, how black everything looks. Just from from unclean coal that's that's fired up, we know how to clean coal now. We, We know how to do things cleaner. We don't have to go all the way off the reservation and say, oh, well, if you're not driving an electric car you want to kill the planet that's that's where we are right now and you know here's a report from realville if you will Uh, the uaw strike as we uh, do this podcast continues supplies of popular new vehicles are dwindling but there are still plenty of plug-in cars available you can go get one i mean there's probably still you know a government subsidy that you and i are paying for with our tax dollars uh, that makes it a little more inexpensive than it would be if it were on the open market but here's the here's the takeaway from that Nobody wants these damn things. You know, I saw a report last week. Oh, it's a record number of EVs that were sold. It was like 300,000 out of millions of vehicles that are sold. It's still, you know, a very small number. Yeah. And it's not catching on. You know, the, the big truck um, producers out there, they know 
this is not going to happen. And so they've already pumped the brakes on this thing. Yeah. There are reports of that everywhere. So I mean, um, just think about we live in Missouri. You know, I was just down in the Ozarks this weekend. There's like every other car you see is a pickup truck. You know, think about the type of people that that drive uh, pickup trucks. You know, good red blooded American, salt of the earth type people. Are they yeah. going to want to you know go buy an electric you know car to go off roading? You know. It's just I don't see that happening. Happen. No. But here, well, here's what I'll say because people are like, oh, you want to kill the planet? I want to kill the planet. If you want to go buy an electric car, God love you. Go buy an electric car. I believe in the free economy. You know, if you want to go buy one, go buy one. Some of them are pretty darn cool. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that they're going to make cross country trips. Right. If you can just tool around your town and plug it in in your garage, know that your electric bill is going to go up. And Evergy's already um, uh, implemented their um, their new rate structure, where if you run anything in your house from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., you're going to pay through the nose for it. Yeah. So we've already talked about. Have you so talked about pl- that? Don't plug your car in then during that time. <laughs> yeah. Plug it in overnight or yeah. something like that. Have you had that discussion at your house? Because we have at ours. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. I mean. We're we're just gonna kind of take the take the bullet. I mean, there, there's not much you can do about it, but we we have talked about it because they have the different options or whatever. But I mean, you know, I, I do think that we should be good stewards of the earth. You know, we we should I don't we should absolutely uh, do our best to take care of the environment and to protect our natural resources and things like that. But that's very different. That's a very different conversation than we're, what we're having right now. Because the conversation that we're having right now as a society is people who have no connection to where their energy comes from, where their food comes from, uh, or anything, you know, just, just with, with all the magical answers, you know, and they're, and they're, it's very top down, you know, it's coming from, uh, multinational corporations it's coming from the government it's coming from the globalists you know in the world economic forum and things like that it's not actually coming from people who live on the land and and really know what's best for it which is what it should be right very well said my prediction is there will be life after people and in fact there was a series about that on the history channel did you see that Life after oh, people. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. There will be life on this planet after people. If we screw it up too badly, we're going to be gone. So there's another good reason to be good stewards of the planet that we live on. And then, like, the whole God, the you know, are we God thing. I mean, I don't know a lot of people that use – there are some people for sure that use that specific language, but it's like, no, of course we're not God. No. You know, it's ridiculous. We're not. And you talk about life after, um, you know, life after humans – that the earth will continue. Well, there's also life after life for humans. You know, if you're a believer and, uh, and you live a, a godly life, that's what we should be focused on more than anything. Are there people you'd want to hang out with though? Think about that. I mean, who would you want to hang out with? Would you want to hang out with me? What in heaven? Yeah. Yeah, of course, man. Assuming I'm going to, I mean, you know, if you've read my book, you know, that that's, kinda, <laughs> that's maybe a 50, 50 proposition at this point. We'll get to bring back the, the golden years of Dale Carter. Yeah, I don't know. That's definitely something to ponder. Let's think about that. Uh, but there are common sense ways that we can move forward. And when anybody comes at you, I don't care who they are, and they got their hair on fire and say, hey, if you don't do this, it's the end of the world. It's going, you know, you buy gold. Where's the William Devane commercial? Buy gold. Shiny rocks. I'm not sure that's going to help you much either. Um, so anyway, there will be life after people, and there will be more of our podcasts coming up after we say again hello to Bob Watson, who is my State Farm agent. He uh, insures my house, my automobiles, my life. 
um, commercial insurance as well. Uh, he even he does pets. He does boats. If there's an insurance angle to it, Bob Watson is your guy. He's a big supporter of our podcast. He was with us at the live event at Funhouse Pizza. Just a great guy. Provided some of the prizes that we gave away too. Big believer in what we're doing here on Dale Carter's America. He's a great guy to talk to about your insurance needs. If you're ready for a rate quote, call Bob at 816-229-7878. 816-229-7878. Seventh and Main in Blue Springs, Missouri. But don't let the address fool you. He's licensed on both sides of State Line Road, and he could be your insurance agent as well. Uh, and when you do your budget, there are things that you should definitely put money aside for. Your house payment, your groceries, your utility bills, your insurance. You should be an insured driver driving around out there. What you don't need are the wants out there. And that's where a new term comes into play. It's called funflation. Families coughing up large sums saved during the pandemic to attend live events and parks this year, triggering something that economists have dubbed funflation. As Americans are on track to spend about $95 billion this year on tickets to amusement parks, movies, live entertainment, sporting events, that is up 2%. Are you spending a lot of money on funflation, Kurt? Um, you know, the main thing that I'm spending money on that I need to cut back on, which I've talked to the wife about, and we are struggling, is just food, you know, eating out too much. You got uh, to eat. Eating out for lunch, yeah. eating out for dinner, you know. Um, so we, we want to really make a point to cook more at home, have food for throughout the week, and, and save money on that. I mean, as far as, like, going out to shows and stuff like that, it's not a huge issue. Um, we do it sometimes, but it's it's not like I'm not spending. You know, the, it's funny that the article that I pulled up has Taylor Swift because it's like <laughs> everything has to be fucking about Taylor Swift these days. I can't stand it. But uh, I mean, it is true that you know she charged what like fifteen hundred dollars for her concert or something like that. But and could have sold a lot more of them. Yeah, I and, know. And it yeah. makes me wonder where are people getting this money? And, and what I fear is happening. It's not happening at my house. I don't know about your house. My house, we have a very stringent budget. If we can't pay for it, we don't do it. Uh, but there are people out there who've gotten every credit card that they can. They're following the example of our federal government, mm -hmm. which is $33 trillion in debt. And they're getting every credit card they can, and they're running them all the way to the max. And it's like, live today because we won't be here tomorrow. Yeah. And that worries me because I see things like, you know, I mentioned this during the earlier in the episode here that, you know, following the, the, the Dow Jones industrial, following the stock market. I mean, I look at my 401k and my IRA and it's like every day I look at the futures for the market and it's going down. We've had a couple of up days, but it's, it's on a steady course down. There's something bad happening in our economy. And there are people out there that say, hey, well, you know, the economy is being driven by consumers. Mm -hmm. People are out there buying, buying, buying. But unlike the federal government, at some point there comes a day of reckoning for you and your credit. Right. Don't you think? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, and it's just bad. <laughs> it, regardless of where the economy is going, it's, that's bad, uh, bad practice, bad form. Yeah. Don't max out your credit cards. Mortgage rates hit 8% for the first time in decades. Yep. Not a good time to be buying a house. I hate to say that, folks, but better days are coming. We've got an election. You've got an opportunity. And again, if you voted for Joe Biden, you know what? People make mistakes. Um, take a look in the mirror because if it comes down to that choice again, just remember where you were before Joe Biden took over and said he was going to be the normal guy. Do you like living in normal? 
that's where we are today. Until next week, this is Dale Carter's America. The views expressed on Dale Carter's America are Dale's and Kurt Wheeler's. They do not necessarily reflect the views of KFKF or Steel City Media. Comments can be sent to dalecartersamerica at gmail.com. Check back for weekly episodes. Subscribe, spread the word, and give us a five-star review. Thanks for being a part of Dale Carter's America.